Hello Gospel Tabernacle, Highbridge, England. Praise God. Good to be with you today. God bless you. What a joy it is to share these Bible studies with you and uh, just to be a part of what God, God is doing in your church. You know, it's an exciting time. We're living in exciting times, difficult times, but this is the day in which the church will arise to new heights. Amen. And the pressure that we're feeling should make us just blessed off towards God. Amen. Just draw near to God. He'll draw near to you. And these are exciting times. Uh, I want to thank your elders, uh, Malcolm and Denville, for the opportunity to be with you. I want to thank them also for the work that they're doing with the church right now. And praise God. Thank God for a man of God that will stand up and be counted in this day and hour. And I want to encourage you, you know, to don't be discouraged about the difficult times in your life or in your church. You know, these are times that God will use. And not that he causes all the difficult times, but even in those times, he's able to come out on top and you're able to come out on top. You know, you know, the devil's a loser. He's a loser no matter what. He loses when he attacks you. He loses when he doesn't attack you. So he's just a loser. And our job is just to put our trust in God and let him lift us up. Amen. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and he will lift you up. I also want to thank our good friend Stan Strunk, missionary uh, to, to Europe and to England. What a blessing he is. And I want to thank him for uh, connecting us with you. And, you know, it's just wonderful, the connections that we have, how God brings people together for his purposes. And we work together in friendship and fellowship and mutual encouragement. And so we want to be an encouragement to you today. Well, last week we shared a message on the Holy Spirit, our helper. I enjoyed that very much, and I pray it was a blessing to you as well. And, and this week we'd like to carry on a little further with that. And the message I want to share with you today is you can receive more of the Holy Spirit. You can receive more of the Holy Spirit. You can receive more of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. So our emphasis in these Bible studies is on the Holy Spirit. And uh, the Holy Spirit, of course, always exalts Jesus. So it's all about Jesus and what he did. But we need to comprehend the work of the Holy Spirit because God is working on the earth by the Holy Spirit. He is the third person of the Godhead. He is totally God. But he's a very amazing personality because he's able to be right here in the United States in Mankato, Minnesota with me and right there with you uh, in Highbridge, Somerset, England, and all around the world today. He's working mightily in our hearts. So he's able to, to uh, work and influence and counsel and, and strengthen many, many thousands and millions of people all at once. Wow, what an awesome, awesome personality of the Holy Spirit. And I want to get to know him more, and I want to find out how to let him work in my life in greater ways and that's what we want to encourage you in today. So I want to begin with the scripture in uh, John chapter 4. And this is the woman, uh, Jesus, ministering to um, the woman at the well in Samaria. 
And in John chapter 4, verse 10, he says, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that says to you, give me to drink, you would have asked him, and we, he would have given you living water. Now, water is a picture or a type of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus is saying, if you knew who you were talking to, in other words, the Messiah, this is a Samaritan woman he, she, who had some knowledge of God, but not perfect knowledge. And of course, we don't, none of us do. But he said, if you knew who was talking to you, you would ask him and he would give you living water. And the woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said unto her, who, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. This is speaking about the waters of salvation, the work of the Holy Spirit in salvation. He says you can receive salvation and that living water will come inside of you. You know, when you receive Christ, that Holy Spirit comes in you, bears witness with you that you're a child of God, begins to work in your life and comfort you and counsel you. You know, there's something comforting about water. And uh, it's, first of all, it's life-giving and it's refreshing. And so God gives you his life by the Holy Spirit like a will. But then I want you to notice in the, the seventh chapter, the same gospel, John chapter 7, in verse... 38. John 7, verse 38. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, are you thirsty today? If anyone thirsts, is anyone thirsty today? You know, it's a very important question. You know, in order to receive all that God has for us, we must be thirsty. We must want it. We must desire the Holy Spirit to move in a mighty way in our life. Amen. If you just want a little dab of the Holy Spirit, that's about what you'll get. Amen. But if you want all that the Holy Spirit has for you, listen, he'll give it to you. Amen. If any man thirsts, he says, let him come to me and drink, you see. Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Amen. And he says, come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart, or the King James says, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Rivers of living water. Think of it. Rivers of living water. And as I was preparing for this Bible study and thinking about it, it seemed the Holy Spirit put the emphasis on the plural rivers. It's not only a river he's talking about, but it's talking about rivers. Amen. And you know, there's a river that God wants to flow through your city, praise God, and through my city and all around the world. Amen. And out of our belly, out of our innermost person shall flow rivers of living water. Now, how many know there's a difference between a well and a river. Thank God for a well. We have one out here on our property. We live on a rural property and we have a well and thank God it just keeps on pumping water and, and uh, 
satisfying our needs for water and and it just never leaves us nor forsakes us you know and we thank god for that well that is out there to sustain life on this property we had livestock here at one time and it sustained them and it sustains our cat and it sustains susan and i and it's nice to take baths and it's wonderful to have a nice solid well but then there's a river there's a difference between a well and a river, amen? Now, there's also a similarity. The similarity is they both consist of water, amen? They both consist of the Holy Spirit. So in John chapter 4, Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 7, Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit. He is not a different Holy Spirit. He is the same Holy Spirit. And the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us, dwells in every Christian believer. Every born-again believer has the Holy Spirit. Amen? But you can receive more of the Holy Spirit. That's our message today. Because we're talking about a difference, not of the uh, ingredient between a well and a river. They're both the same. But of the volume. The volume a greater volume. God has a greater volume for you. Now, this well sustains our property here. We don't share it with the neighbors or anything like that. But as you see, a river will impact territories, cities, many other people. And that's what we need today. We need rivers of living water flowing in the land. There's such a battle in the land. And, you know, many times we're trying to fight this battle with intellectual tools and I want you to know they're inadequate. We're not going to change the world just with our theology and our thinking and trying to turn people around and argue with people. No, we need a move of the Holy Spirit. Can you agree with me? And you live in the land of revivals, amen? And I say England is a land of revival, praise God, in America too. And these are the days that God wants to move with a great awakening in the land. We need rivers of living water to flow like never before, and they will flow through you. They will flow out of your innermost being to reach this world for Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is the agent of change. When he comes into your life in the new birth, he changes you. He begins to make you more like Jesus. But the Holy Spirit also is an agent of change in cities and territories and nations. And we see this in the Bible, we see on the day of Pentecost, uh, there was a great outpouring. Uh, the Holy Spirit came in to the room where they were praying and waiting on him. And he came in whoosh, like a mighty rushing wind. Amen. And tongues of fire set upon uh, their head. And they were anointed with the Holy Spirit and fire. And God did mighty wonders in that place in their lives. They spoke in other languages that they did not know. And God did a tremendous work of filling them with this Holy Spirit. But I want you to know it did not stop there. The word began to be spread abroad in the city and they came together to see what is this all about. And Peter stood up and preached to them and told them uh, how this was related to the, what the prophet Joel said. In the last days I will pour out of my spirit and you can read the sermon in there. And the last thing he says there from that scripture is, whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. So the purpose of the outpouring is salvation of souls. And there's all kinds of people around you 
where you live that need Jesus. And God wants to bring an outpouring that will impact that. We also see uh, in the book of Acts in chapter 8 how Philip went down to Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the city was filled with joy as they saw the miracles and they accepted Christ and they were, and they were born again and they were baptized, praise God. And later uh, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And right there we have an example of what I'm talking about. Because we see some different aspects of the work of the Holy Spirit in that story in Acts chapter 8. And just because of our time limitation, I don't think I'm going to go there, but just in your private time. Look into Acts 8 and just read the story of Philip's preaching in the city of Samaria, how he went down to them and preached Christ to them. That is our message, Jesus Christ, amen? And that's what the Holy Spirit wants us to preach, and that's what the Holy Spirit bears witness to, is the message of Jesus Christ and him crucified. So he preached that message about Jesus Christ, and he preached about how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power and went about doing good, and healing those that were oppressed to the devil. He preached the miraculous power of God and miracles began to happen in that city. And it said when they heard the, and saw the miracles that were done through the ministry of Philip, they believed in Jesus Christ and they were baptized. Now, if they believed in Jesus Christ, they were saved because it said, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And, uh, you know, like the Philippian jailer said, what must I do to be saved? And Paul said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. When you believe from your heart, with all your heart in Jesus Christ and what he did, it'll change your life. Amen. And the Holy Spirit will come in and work that change and give you life. And they were so committed to the word that they heard. They were also baptized in water under the ministry of Philip. But then it says, when the apostles that were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent down uh, John and Peter to pray for them that what? They might receive the Holy Spirit, praise God. And they laid hands on them and they prayed and the people received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You can receive more of the Holy Spirit, amen? Take the limits off of God and receive all that he has for you. Matter of fact, even if you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, there's still much more for you. And, uh, you know, I, I keep mentioning this phrase, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's, it, uh, Jesus mentions that in Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. He said, John, truly baptized in water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days hence. And as we like to teach, when we talk about baptism, the word literally means to immerse. So when we talk about water baptism, we're talking about being immersed in water. Well, when we're talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we're talking about being immersed in the Holy Spirit. And this is what the church needs today. We need to be immersed in the Holy Spirit, praise God. And we need the power of the Spirit in our lives. And we need the power of the Spirit to flow out like rivers out of us into our cities and into our nations in Jesus' name. You know, I think about the great revival, the uh, Herbides revival in Scotland, which occurred uh, beginning in 1949. 
And what a tremendous move of God that was. That, that was what I'm talking about today. That's what I'm talking about today. You see, because it not only impacted the believers and renewed them and refreshed them and brought them back in a zeal for God, but it impacted the city, the, the villages and the towns that they were in were impacted powerfully by the Holy Spirit. Just, just one example, people would be awakened in the middle of the night and directed by the Holy Spirit to go to a prayer meeting that they didn't even know about previously. Now that's the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, that's a Holy Spirit zone that's created through the prayers of God's people. And you see, that revival began with prayer, with some little ladies praying and crying out to God uh, for their for their villages and for their area and for the uh, for the islands. And God moves so mightily there. And, you know, he's not a respecter of persons. He'll do the same thing in hybrid, Highbridge if we'll let him. He'll do the same thing in Mankato if we'll let him. Now, some people might argue with me and say, you can't receive more of the Holy Spirit. When you're born again, you receive all the Holy Spirit that you're going to receive. But I want you to know that's not scriptural. We can receive more of the Holy Spirit. Think of it. Just some scriptures. John 3, 34 says that God did not give Jesus the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, by measure. In other words, he had the fullness. Well, if there, there's a fullness, there can be a less than a fullness. And we should draw for the fullness. We should ask God for the fullness of the Holy Spirit. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 19 Paul prayed that we would be filled with all the fullness of God. Amen. He's praying for the church at Ephesus that they would be filled with all the fullness of God. You see, we all need more of the Holy Spirit. I need more of the Holy Spirit. I need more of the Holy Spirit just to be a, a proper husband to my wife. Amen. And to be a father to my children and, and a grandfather to my grandchildren and to be a minister of the gospel. I can't do this without the Holy Spirit. I need more of the Holy Spirit. So I pray like Paul for myself and for you that we would be filled with all the fullness of God. Uh, in 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 9, Elisha asked for a double portion of the Spirit that was upon Elijah. So there was so much spirit on Elijah, tremendous miracles. Elijah wanted, Elisha wanted twice, twice as much <laughs> and he got it, amen. And the Bible records twice as many miracles in Elisha's ministry as in Elijah's. Uh, Ezekiel chapter 47 talks about a river and then that river was flowing first ankle deep, then knee deep then waist deep, and then it says waters to swim in. Waters, in other words, waters over your head and a water that cannot be passed over. And you see, that's what needs to happen. The Holy Spirit needs to become so prominent that people cannot pass over or ignore the work of the Holy Spirit in your city. So be encouraged, you are vessels to carry the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Uh, also, Jesus, we see in John chapter uh, 20, verse 22, and I'll pass on these notes uh, to Malcolm. And if you need them, I'm sure he can get them to you by email or some way. But 
in John chapter 20, verse 22, it says, Jesus breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. But we see in Acts chapter 1, or in Acts chapter 2, that they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. So you see, there was a measure there in John, when Jesus breathed upon them, they, they received the breath of God, they received the Holy Spirit in their life, but yet there was more. He said, wait in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Praise God. All right, now, let's go to Ephesians chapter 5. And I want to not conclude here, but I want to read this scripture and then there's I want to give you some encouragement about how to be filled with the Holy Spirit or how to receive more of the Holy Spirit because I've encouraged you to be filled with the Spirit, to receive more of the Holy Spirit, but I hope I can give you something that will help you know how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So we're going to go to the book of Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Now there's a, a comparison here and a contrast. There's, there's some link between being drunk with wine and being filled with the Holy Spirit. In other words, what you're really looking for is the Holy Spirit. But sometimes what you do is drink wine. Because what does wine do? Well, it makes you happy. But that's the natural way to be made happy. You see, the Holy Spirit has the real way to make you happy. Praise God. And to take care of your needs and to give you peace. Many people drink because of anxiety or different problems in their life that they're trying to escape. Well, the Holy Spirit will comfort you and help you as we talked about last week. So Apostle Paul says to the church in Ephesians, don't be drunk with wine. Lay off the wine, amen? <laughs> you know, I, 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 I personally, I'm a teetotaler, amen? So I could preach against alcohol, and I'm not really doing that right now. What I'm telling you is don't be drunk with wine, just as the scripture said, but be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit, praise God. And then verse 19, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So when you're filled, you'll speak. Something will come out of your mouth, amen? And we see in the book of Acts in almost every instance when they were filled with the Spirit, they spoke in other tongues. I think it's Acts 19 says they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Prophetic utterances, prophetic gifts begin to operate. Something comes out of your mouth. Praise comes out of your mouth. You know, you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, that you should show, show forth the praises of him who brought you out of darkness into his glorious light. It says there that we're to give thanks unto the Father. You know, so giving thanks, praising, worshiping, singing hymns, singing songs, singing spiritual songs. These are all part of the spirit-filled life. And it's interesting, they tell me that in the Greek language, it's an interesting, uh, the way that that scripture is phrased. It says, and we read it here, be filled with the spirit. But actually in the Greek, 
it's a word that means in an ongoing fashion. Okay, so it really means be being filled. You know, so many people say, well, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit back in the great move of God, you know, in the, in the great Welsh revival or, or whatever, you know, or, you know, but we need to be filled with the Spirit today. We need the Holy Spirit today in our lives, in our nations, amen. God wants to pour out his spirit like never before, amen. And we need more of the Holy Spirit. So be being filled with the Holy Spirit, praise God. All right, now let me give you in conclusion here, we're getting towards the end and then I wanna pray for you. Let me give you four ways to receive more of the Holy Spirit in your life. All right, four ways. And, and you know, these, this is not an all-inclusive list, but these are things that you can do to position yourself to receive more of what God wants you to have, which is his Holy Spirit. Uh, you know, uh, the scripture says, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? So ask for the Holy Spirit. Ask for the fullness of the Spirit. Lord, I want more of you. I don't think this is even one of my points, but that's really the beginning point. Ask for more. You know, I mean, I, 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 when the Holy Spirit came upon my life, and I think I shared a little bit about that last week, but when the Holy Spirit came upon my life, I was asking, I was desiring, I was seeking, I was hungering. We need to have that hunger and that desire and let him know, Lord, I want your Holy Spirit in my life. So the first thing is, number one, turn away from everything that grieves the Holy Spirit. And that's Ephesians chapter four, verse 30 says, grieve not the Holy Spirit. As someone shared with me one time, or I heard actually our teaching, and someone said, the best way to grow spiritually is to make it a point not to grieve the Holy Spirit. In other words, stay sensitive to the Holy Spirit that, believe, that lives in you as a Christian. And then the second thing is, Worship the Lord privately and publicly. Now, this is a time I know your church is not able to come together, and we miss that. You know, we love that, coming together and worshiping. But you can still worship at home, and you should. You know, I, I love to worship the Lord every day, and I find he, he refreshes me when I worship him and when I sing to him and, and tell him I love him, you know. There's a response of the Holy Spirit when we do these things. And so worship and receiving the more, more of the Holy Spirit are very much connected. And I wanna encourage you in your private worship and devotional life, praise God. And we talked about that in Ephesians 5 there. And then number three, give yourself to prayer in the Spirit. You know, that scripture we just read says, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. There are songs of the Spirit, sometimes inspired of the Spirit in your language that you speak, which is English, you know, that form of English that you guys speak over there. Whatever our native language is, in other words, we could sing a song of the Spirit, but also a song of the Spirit is a song with a heavenly language. And uh, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, what is it then I will sing in the spirit and I will sing with the understanding also. I will pray in the spirit and I will pray 
in the understanding also. So in other words, we're not only supposed to pray in our native language, but we're also to pray in the spirit. So ask the Lord to give you a heavenly, heavenly language. And when he does, ask him to expand it. Ask him to help you to move out. That is such a powerful dimension of prayer when you pray in a heavenly language in the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit gives you utterance. Praise God. And then the fourth thing is obey the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Learn to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. He says, if he says, go to your neighbor and tell him God loves him. Or take him a cherry pie and tell him God loves him. Obey that prompting of the Holy Spirit. I have found that is the, that is the most powerful, successful method of ministry is following the promptings of the Holy Spirit. And really, uh, I could give you some scriptures, and there's some here on the notes and in the book of Acts, but it's all through the book of Acts. That's how the church grew. They followed the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God wants to do something in your life. God wants to do something in your community. So praise God. God is moving by his spirit. We're encouraged and we want to encourage you. I want you just to stretch out your hands towards me by faith and let me pray for you that you would be filled with the Holy Spirit. Father, I pray for each one watching uh, in the Gospel Tabernacle, those that may watch on uh, YouTube later, Lord, uh, those who are hungry for you, I pray in Jesus' name that you would fill them with your Holy Spirit. And Lord, even as Paul prayed, that they would be strengthened by might by your Spirit in the inner man, that Christ would dwell in their hearts by faith, that they'd be rooted and grounded in love, and they'd be able to comprehend with all the saints the length, the breadth, the depth, the height, to know the love of Christ, which passes all knowledge, that they would be filled with all the fullness of God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, God bless you. It's been a joy to be with you. I pray that you would flourish in everything you do and be anointed of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Good News for Everyone from Tom Shanklin Ministries. Tom and I want to invite you to visit our website at www.shanklinministries.org. You will find many encouraging articles and videos and podcasts. There's news about our worldwide outreach and also ways you can connect with us. We'd love to hear from you.